Hi, everybody, and a very warm welcome to Barra Talks, which is Barra Markets podcast. I am your host, Angela Clutton, and I am here with two people who are experts and leaders in everything to do with food waste, and that's what we're here to talk about today. We have lovely Chloe Stewart. Hey, Chloe. Good morning. Hi, nice to be here. Nice to see you. And Martin O'Dell, nice to see you. Hello. Nice to meet you, in fact. (laughs) We don't know each other. I know. It's always nice meeting in a weird little room, isn't it? Yeah, I know. We're in a tiny, very hot studio. I'm in a wobbly chair. Somehow you two have got, like, the really comfy chairs. Guests. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah no, hostess nor- with the mostess, that's what you are. <laughs> no, normally I put the guests in the wobbly chair, that's normally how it rolls. Um, Chloe, Borough Market, you know, p- the people who shop at the market will know you well from Nibs, etc. So I'm going to come to you in a second and introduce the, the real guest to the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a uh, You know, it's just, it's just your family, really, that's oh. the thing. And you'll be family, you know, in like a second or so. Um, Martin, you are a food waste disruptor. Yeah. Tell us all about that. Because <laughs> a little burst about who you are and what you do. Yes. Okay. So, really, my name on all my channels is Legom Chef. So, I, I wanted to I wanted to call myself something instead of just like an eco chef or an mm. eco warrior. I was just like, what am I doing? And I was like, I'm disrupting the food waste scene. So I was like, I'll call myself a food waste disruptor. So, all of my content that I do is basically just like engaging the people that wouldn't necessarily be within the conversation of food waste. Okay. And sort of just disrupting that market of like what we all think of climate change as being a bit lofty and a yeah. bit middle class and I was just like I want to talk to the people that don't know about it okay. so that's where I've come in yeah. and I just want to entertain so yeah. I'm just an entertainer just an entertainer <laughs> chefy entertainer entertainer with a purpose <laughs> yeah exactly um, Legom chef explain the word Legom it's a gorgeous word it's so good so I always pronounce it wrong because I'm a have bit have I just done that I think we all have yeah okay. <laughs> I've been doing this for four years I'm going to say it how say you it say it so you say it I say it Lagom but what did I say? Lagom? Well, it's not the same thing. No, I don't know. But it should Chloe, be. Chloe, you say it. How would you say it? Lagom. Yeah, it mm. should be la like L A H and then gom la gom. So do you know what? I looked it up yesterday and I saw that that was how you say it, and I thought I'm not going to do that because I might look a little bit of a twitch. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think I've achieved anyway. Yeah. So, however, we're saying it. What is it? It's lagom. Okay, but, but what is it, darling? What is? No, so lagom basically means not too much, not too little, just right. Okay. So. For me, within like the food waste world or food world and cooking creatively, which I like to sort of explain to people, is that if you have too much produce in your house, then you always have this overwhelming fear that you're going to create waste. So you always look at ingredients. You go, oh, my God, I've got to use this cauliflower. I've got to use this courgette. And you have this pressure. And then on the other side of it, if you don't have enough ingredients, mm. like a good dry store that functions, that is backbone of your kitchen, you can't cook creatively. So if you have this happy medium of, like, just the right amount of a perfect dry store that functions, stuff that will never go off, and then you plug in fresh ingredients as and when you need them, then you create less waste, cook creatively, save the world, eat some lovely food. And we're done. Great. I think that's quite right, so we leave now yeah, that we're, yeah, done. Yeah, <laughs> we're done. We're done. We'll get, we'll de- get to granola next time. Yeah. <laughs> um, chef is also part of the title. So is that your background, Martin? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I've been a chef. This is it sounds weird. I'm 36, but I've been a chef since I was like 15. Okay. So I've been a chef for a long time, but I haven't done like the hardcore chefy miles like loads of people have done. I've, I've worked in restaurants when I was like 20. Um, so I worked in Soho for about eight years. I went up to Tufnell Park and worked in a restaurant there. And then when I was at uni doing my degree in photography, I was working at a cookery school for five years. So I taught cookery and then did a lot of recipe development. So yeah, it's, it's been a been a long journey, yeah. but I'm still here. <laughs> and when did everything kind of take off you? Because you are you are huge on the old TikTok. On TikTok, yeah, it is. So April last year, I had a video. So I've been doing my channel for about three or four years. And then April last year, it sounds still weird to say last year, 
um, I posted a video on how to grate frozen ginger. And <clears throat> I'm quite an excitable person. And it, it honestly, it blew my mind because I eat so much ginger, yeah, ginger and I've never frozen it or grated it before. So I did it and I was just like, this reaction just sort of like infixated people. And that video, I posted it, didn't think, didn't even know how to use TikTok. Like I could post a video. I was like, well done. And then turned my phone on like two days later and I just saw all of these notifications. And I was like, what are these? I had like 99 plus in the corner, like where are the notifications? I was like, I don't know what I've done. And then all of a sudden it was like 1.5 million views. I was like, uh, okay. And I just started, like, I'm a really sort of like people's person. So I was like, right, I've got to reply to everyone. <laughs> so every comment, I was like, yeah, 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 cool. Yeah, I can do this. And then realize that you can reply with videos, okay. which was perfect for me. Yeah. So TikTok is like a bit more like unkept than Instagram, right? So you can like almost treat it like stories. So I was just replying to these comments and like going, great, I'll do a little video about freezing other things. And it just escalated from there. And then, yeah, now like, I hate saying like 1.1 million, 1.1 million. That is nuts. Yeah, it's madness. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> but I posted every day since like, I look at my account since like April the 3rd or something. Yeah. Every day. Well, I guess it's, I mean, it's your job now. Yeah, it's my job now. That's what yeah, you do. I could leave my job, but now I can do this as a job, yeah. Yeah, which is right. lovely. That is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> you've touched on so many things that I really want to get into, especially this idea about disrupting the conversation and yeah. thinking about how people at home can get interviews. We're going to get into all of that. So hold all those thoughts for a second um, while we just kind of come to you, Chloe. Um, give us a, a burst on you and Nibs, etc. Yeah, so uh, it's hard to follow that, Martin. <laughs> uh, so Nibs Etc. was born out of my obsession for food, but also I feel very emotional about food waste. And I I think the seeds for Nibs Etc. were planted along my entire kind of upbringing um, from being brought up with, you know, the mentality of buy, don't buy what you don't need and finish what's on your plate to like living in different parts of the world and experiencing different cultural relationships with food, which was really eye-opening. Um and uh, when I eventually made my way back to Europe, I um, went farming. From, from where? Sorry. sorry, I so I we moved as a family to China, and then I went to university in the US, and then lived on the so that was on the east coast, and then lived on the west coast, which also have like quite different relationships <laughs> with food. Yeah. Um, if I'm looking at like Boston and, and San Francisco, which is where I was, um, you know, on on the east coast, I remember sitting in the diner for the first time and having a, a plate of food that could have fed the four of us and we could have had leftovers. And then in San Francisco, we were, you know, our compost was in the freezer. We were shopping at local, local farmer's market. Um, and then I, I went farming on this program called Woof when I came back to um, uh, to Europe, Switzerland. I was based there for a while. And that's like a volunteer program where you can go uh, volunteer on any kind of food producing space, farm, land uh, in exchange for room and board. And it was an incredible experience and just a really refreshing thing to be around people for whom upcycling zero waste like these aren't trends they're just mm. very natural ways of life and they always have been and it was just a really good reminder um and I just came back really inspired and re-energized by that um and then I started the blog nibs etc which was about upcycling leftovers and no waste recipes which also combined my uh frugality being fresh out uni not a lot of money my laziness didn't want to go to the shop because it's too far away from where we were uh, my creativity love for like you know playing around with with odds and ends and leftovers um, and then I, I moved back to London eventually and uh, kind of the long story short is I ended up working back in food and um, the blog sort of organically grew offline in the form of events and catering and um, pop-ups and during that time I developed these like juice pulp recipes. Um, primarily I, I focused on juice pulp because I had befriended a juicer I thought made good content for the blog and it also perfectly told the story that I was trying to tell which was 
um, to redefine this concept of waste through making really delicious food. And pulp is only defined as waste, quote unquote waste, because it comes out like the wrong end of a juicer and it looks yeah. a bit funny or different. Um, but it's actually really edible and really good for us because it's got all the fiber and good things. So that was kind of the birthing of the juice pulp products and they landed really well at events. And um, eventually I, I was kind of applying for some for some competitions and some money and uh, pitching the business and uh, won a few of those and was like, right, well, oh, and I got a stall at Bar Market. Yeah, small thing. Drop that in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, maybe, maybe I'm onto something. Maybe I should do this full time. And so I did. Um, and uh, it's now been since tw- beginning of 2018, we incorporated. Um, COVID were definitely some challenging slash write-off years. But right. last year we came back really strong and raised money and grew our team and uh, established our product line, uh, which is a range of juice pulp products, juice pulp granolas made with upcycled British apple pulp. Um, And then we launched in Whole Foods this year. So it's been a really exciting journey. Um, uh, Very much a journey, not sort of (laughs) one that just kicked off from the word go. Um, But so nibs, etc. We make delicious and nourishing upcycled snacks from ingredients that would otherwise be thrown away to fight food waste. And our mission is to um, change daily rituals nibble by nibble. Yeah, love that. Um, Why does food waste matter? What's What's the difference? Oh my god, where to start? Yeah, come on, come on Martin. <laughs> so obviously food... that's a facetious question. Like, you know, obviously I know food waste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But well, well, I think I think for for me when I started doing all of my stuff and the statistics that I started reading, I didn't believe them. I genuinely didn't believe them, and I was just like, why do people waste food? Like it, it like made no sense in my head. So when I started sort of like going back and thinking back through my career, there was lots of moments where I'd be like. We never wasted food as chefs yeah. because that's money. Well, like, I was just going to say, I yeah. think chefs sort of inherently are that way because it's, it is it is about the money, isn't it? Yeah. If you waste something, you just chucked away however many yeah, yeah, pounds. Yeah. So, I, so I think that's an interesting point that chefing sort of innately brings that out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think it's because it's that the, the care for the produce as well. Like yeah. you always sit there, you always want to use the best ingredients. You always want to like know what you've got in. So like the idea of restaurants that always function off of a decent dry store has always been like ingrained into me so that when I go around to people's houses and they've got like half a pot of paprika and then like vegetable, I'm like, what, what, what's, what's going on here? So this is why I drum it into people to have this like, you know, that backbone that I say in the creative piece. Um, and then, yeah, as I said, when I saw the food waste stats and I still like question it, but like, the 70% of all food waste is from UK homes. I was just like, why? How? Like, mm. why do people buy stuff and throw it away? And then in, when you see friends, I'm not going to name any names, <laughs> but when you see people do it because, yeah. like, the best before date has gone out of date. Oh. And it's mm. the education point for me, I think, is the key one yeah. because some people just don't know. Some people don't care about food. But for then you to sort of explain, you know, the best before date, doesn't particularly matter yeah. let's just get rid of it and move on you know use by date is the one we should focus on and after that like don't worry about it you know labeling systems <clears throat> changing a little bit is it do we think that supermarkets are maybe getting better at not slapping a date on yeah yeah, yeah. Well, i always think is when you go to a market right if you go to a market and you shop it might just like picking one out the air yeah that's a good one i do like that one the other ones i like no. <laughs> so then the thing, other markets are available <laughs> so the thing that you think is if you go there and you buy a tomato or a pepper mm. or you buy some seeds or whatever they don't put a date label no. on it 
you go to the butchers, they don't put a date, late, you know, they just give you the, the produce. And it's just like, that's the way that we need to think. But as soon as you go into a supermarket and it's a date label, everything there, then it's like that number becomes gospel. Yeah. You look in your fridge and go, oh, see ya, yeah. oh, see ya. And I think so. the idea of having something, <coughs> excuse me, and uh, having to sort of chart its journey almost in your house, like, let's just take that tomato. I hope, I think it helps people be better creative cooks by sort of thinking about how they can use that tomato going along rather than just have a date and think, oh, okay, well, I've missed the boat with the tomato. That's yeah. gone. But I want to come back to this question. Why does it matter? <laughs> Who, what, why does it matter that tomato goes in the bin? So it's the big picture, isn't it? It's like you throw the big word around of climate change. You know, it is a massive part and you don't just look at it as the end of its cycle. It's everything that happens before it gets to that point. So you think of all of the production, the transport, the air miles, everything that comes into it. It's the bigger picture, which I think people don't see and they don't mm. get they just see it as this like potato or a tomato mm. in a shop and then if they put it in the bin they're like well it'll squish down mm. but it's greenhouse gases it's all of that if you want to deny it then <laughs> come at me but <laughs> you know it's, it's madness it is yeah. madness so you so, so view the climate perspective as one of the very big ones about it yeah chloe what about you what other factors are why food waste matters I mean, I think Martin's hit on the two biggest, the sort of financial element and the climate yeah. element. And, I, you know, even for me, when I was younger, I wasn't throwing food away because I couldn't afford to, you yeah. know. <laughs> like I was really careful with my spending and you just you didn't want to. You might as well use all the stems and, like, see how far you can make your food go. Um, but the, the sort of climate point is so important, but it's also one that's, like, the least recognised, mm. I think, because it's so far removed mm. and you can't you can't see how... Unless you're growing your own fruit and veg, which some people did start to do during COVID, which yeah. I think helped people recognise the labour that you know, goes I think into, that's right, and a, and a reconnection to producing food with where our exactly. food comes from, I think it's a big deal. And also kind of what we're going through now with various shortages and understanding that these, like, you know, macroeconomic factors are having such an influence on the food that is in our local supermarket yeah. i think is hopefully helping remind people of the big picture and so on on the climate point the the food waste is responsible for eight percent of human-made uh greenhouse gas emissions how uh which is a good question which is first of all like staggering but the second point is that it's it's because of all these things that martin was saying like the the labour that goes in, the energy that goes in. You know, to have to grow one apple, it takes litres of water. Yeah. Where does the water come from? Who's dispensing the water? You know, who's managing the plant? Um, and that all costs money and emits greenhouse gas yeah. gases as well, uh, let alone the transport of that fruit um, yeah. to your plate um, is massive. And so when you're throwing away the apple, you're not just like throwing away how many you know, pence or pounds that you spent on that produce. You're also throwing away the labour that went into growing that. Um, there are some other crazy stats like landmass the size of China is used to grow food that's thrown away. Yeah. Can you imagine? I know. But I think it's really, thank you for giving us details answers into that because <laughs> I think it's too easy almost to go, oh yeah, food waste is bad. Mm. And to people's not really kind to know, well, yeah, but, but like, why? I think it's when you mm. find something, for me, <clears throat> excuse me, when you find something that connects to something that you personally care mm. about. Uh -huh. So for me, like the whole food waste conversation came about when, this sounds very classy, but we, we lived in Switzerland for a bit. We did a lot. Get of, you too with your, yeah, you know. Well, as a wife, she used to work for a cool company, so I went out and followed her. <laughs> <laughs> but we used to do snowboarding a lot and we used to go to the mountains, we'd speak to friends and they would talk about how, you know, they had a coffee shop and they would talk about how their business has been affected by climate change because the seasons had changed. There wasn't enough snow. There wasn't as many people in the mm. mountains. Mm. And it was this constant flow. And you're just like, 
And then when you start looking at the you know the numbers and you start going, wow, what's a food waste is connected to climate change, which is ruining my mate's business because he can't serve coffee because there's not enough customers. It's those little mm. things that if you start tracing it back that really, yeah, really get you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we've talked a little bit about food waste at home and I'm going to come back to that and we're going to get into hopefully giving people lots of tips and things about what they can do. And I'm really excited about your idea about the dry store. <laughs> so we're going to like go into all that and about what people can actually do at home. But I'm really interested as well in thinking about the food system more broadly and where sort of the culprits are right across the food system in terms of waste because it's not just about what's happening at home which I suppose is the point proven by your juice Chloe that you're getting the pulp from um, well I don't know is it from a commercial juicer yeah yeah so we collect our apple pulp from a uh, British juice and cider presser they also press wine actually um, and so they've got all this pulp but they're producing it on a commercial yeah. level they produce it for themselves they press it for um, you know they white label for other companies too but they have a lot of this pulp um, which is no one's fault that's just as you say it's just a byproduct of what they do yeah and 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 this is why I kind of this idea of waste like we just we just have to delete it from our dictionary like we can't we can't talk about waste. That is my dream. That just is just no longer a word. Oh, okay, love that. Okay. Because what, what, we, what should we be talking about? Resources. Because in nature, you okay. don't ever have waste. Anything that sort of degrades or changes state becomes a resource for something else. Yeah. And, and you know, the next system. I think Douglas McMaster talks about this all the time, and um, and he'll probably speak about it much more eloquently than I can. But um, th- this idea that we have waste in our production is is kind of crazy because we spent say you spend a, a pound on a carrot you press this carrot you've got like f- maybe 50p in juice and you've got 50p in like all this other stuff that's going to waste but actually that juicing company could be technically making revenue off off the pulp as well as the juice um and they're not so there's this massive financial opportunity but also there's this this opportunity to tap into to untapped resources in the fiber that you know we could use to 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 bolster up our, our you know what we're eating as as consumers um so i've actually forgotten the question that you asked me i just got really passionate about that <laughs> i think your answer is probably to a more interesting question so i think <laughs> so we're all good um but i think I, yeah, I, I, please. I was gonna say i think the, the the idea of waste in a house or even in a a, a production brings out the people that are like the true innovators or the people that are really trying to be creative. You know, like if people are constantly looking at stuff as waste and they're just like binning it, then they're not doing anything creative with it. And like we see with the companies that come in, there's, you know, like rubies in the rubble that do like the mayonnaise from Aquafab. You know, everyone just goes that, oh, done. Toast ale, you know, the bread from production. They're like, let's make beer from it. You know, it's all of these companies that are being creative and not just creating a product for the sake of creating a product. You know, they're creating a product to do something good which is i think is there is a big big shift coming it's still coming Mm, (laughs) we're still on the wave like i speak to doug all the time and he's just like this wave is like forever growing and it's like really yeah massively massively the conversations are way bigger you know speaking from my own personal like you know journey that i've been on you know i was doing this my channel for like five years and it was only as i said only the last year that my tiktok blew up Mm. But the conversations I've been having with companies have always been there, but they've been like, oh, we don't really know how to sort of like step That's into that realm. And now they're like, we all want to be involved. Yeah. So it's a, a good time to yeah, be a, a food waste disruptor. Yeah, f- food resource disruptor. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get rid of my, my, my copyright. <laughs> so well, it, it's, a fi- it's a fine line because on the other hand, you want to 
you draw the attention to like what the problem is, but you also want to like shift the perspective around it. I've remembered your question also about like where the waste is happening and, and the problem is that we're not seeing it. No one's accounting on it. So no one can be held responsible. And that's part of the problem, I think, of like knowing where it even is. So so creators and, and disruptors can like come up with these ideas and solutions to the problems that exist, but they don't know that exist yet. Um, but it happens, you know, from Farmgate um, when uh, supermarkets, especially at the moment, supermarkets are cancelling orders last minute because actually the cost of the produce is too high and they can't afford to pay for it or they don't want to raise their prices, they don't want to pay for it. So then farmers are left with all this surplus produce and companies like Oddbox doing amazing work at, at working with, with farmers like that to, to stop it from going to waste. Um, but it's happening at every stage yeah. of the supply chain. Yeah. Um, and yeah, homes are massively responsible, but like, you know, so are the systems in place at like every stage of um, growth through production and distribution. And this is not a new problem, or is it? No. <laughs> Martin, go for it. Well, I, so, yeah, I spoke to Tristan, Tristan Stewart, like, who set up Toast and Feedback and all that. He talks, but he's been talking about it for like 25 years, mm. m- more. And when he was talking the other day, it was just like, there is nothing new. There is nothing that has changed. It's just our habits haven't changed. So, like, all of the things that we do... I, and I do think it's like, you know, we talk about this beautiful message of like going, oh, I want to shop locally. I want to just like buy from these sort of like zero waste stores. But in the world we live in, humans are so greedy and we all always want something different. So, you know, even if you go to Borough Market and all of the different stalls that are there, you can eat from every single country in the world. But that requires ingredients to come in from all over the world to make that happen. And, you know, that's something that we don't do. Like you go to, like when I was in Turkey recently, I was in Istanbul and you go there and it's all local because they don't have the infrastructure or like whatever to bring all the food in. Whereas the UK is just this like massive cosmopolitan space that we all want to go, oh, Monday I'm going to have Thai. You know, Tuesday I'm going to have Italian, you know. And it's madness though, like the <clears throat> the amount of ingredients that need to come into a country. So are you saying we should all be more local in the way that we think about what we enjoy I I still don't think it's possible I you know as a person that does care there are places in and around my area that can you can buy from these farmers markets and all of that but I've got the money to do it and this is where I was saying the food waste disruption piece is the people who are living on the bread line the people who don't have the money and don't care they're not going to do it because... I was just going to say, I mean, this conversation is a little bit of a luxury, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And this is what, like, annoys me, or this is what gets me, like, riled up, is because we always talk about this message of going, oh, we've got to cut out waste, we've got to shop locally, shop seasonally, all of this stuff. But, like, you talk to people now, especially with the energy crisis, and people saying they can't even afford to, like, bake a potato or boil a potato. They're having to buy tinned food, which is amazing. But, like, these people can't afford to do it. So... The messaging needs to be switched. The messaging needs to talk to more people. Otherwise, you're just saying the same message to the same people up the top. That and maybe are, that we're putting can. too much pressure on people in their home that it all rests on you in your kitchen with your cauliflower leaves to yeah. save the world. Exactly. <laughs> and that's not realistic. No. But you know, what we're talking just then, Chloe, about the, the food system and the way the food reaches the person in the home, if there are more solutions along the way, I get what you're saying, Martin, about... The, uh, the majority of the waste is happening in people's homes. But if we if we got better before it landed in people's homes, that would surely help, no? Yeah, and I I I think that there is a massive uh, systematic change that needs to take place. Like when you you know giving those examples of people who can't afford to like make make a baked potato, and how we're talking about food waste as a new thing, you kind of think, well, hold on, like when we if we go way back no one could afford to waste. No one was wasting. There just, there just wasn't an, it wasn't a concept. 
Um, and it's still, I think in some rural areas, still very much is the case. Like people just don't waste. Um, but in like cosmopolitan places, like in London, big cities where convenience is king, um, it's really hard to prioritize that and find that. And so suddenly talking about, you know, how to reduce food waste at home becomes a luxury, which is such a like backwards thought. Um, but I think we really need to, there needs to be systematic change in terms of like reporting on where food waste is happening so people can innovate and find solutions and like make that more accessible on a large scale. Yeah. You need to have sort of, I don't want to get too political, but you, you know, it is a political conversation, food and yeah. food waste and um, and getting sort of government and policy in, change, in, in place to, to make sure that that is, you know, being accounted for um, and reported on and um, I think is going to be a big part in, making that more accessible and and ultimately you know i think if we go back to the the price point of like a carrot and you've got the juice and the pulp if we're only costing on the juice then then it's going to be higher but if you can like you know share those costs across the whole resource of a carrot um then suddenly that becomes a different conversation yeah Okay, we are going to come any second what people can do in their home because I suspect that's what people want. But I have a couple more big picture questions. It's the same question, but to both of you because you just raised the question of politics. If you had the opportunity to sit down with any government, any UK government of any stripe, um, and they said, we'll do one thing, we'll do the one thing that you want us to do that that you, know, you think is going to make a difference, what would that thing be, Martin? I could answer it. Fine, fine waste. <laughs> Find people for creating waste. They find them. Find okay. them. Yeah, give them a financial like slap because <clears throat> there was a um, excuse me, there was a one of the when I was first looking into like food waste and stuff. South Korea did it, and but even people in their homes they said like if you create waste, then we'll give you a financial fine. And their waste went from something like a I'll make up numbers like hundred percent of waste down to like ten percent of waste because people didn't. These want to are pay made the up fine. statistics. Absolutely, hundred percent made up. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, you know, like they, they, you can look it up, Google it or something. I don't know. But it, it was madness. Like The numbers just plummeted because as soon as there's that thing of going, you'll get a fine, you know, then you kind of go, oh, I better not do yeah. this. But there's nothing at the minute. Financial incentives. Okay, love that. Yeah. Chloe, what would you do? In Switzerland, you actually, you have to pay for your bins. Um, uh, every oh. bin that you throw that's oh, like filled okay. with rubbish, you've paid for already. Yeah. So there's a, yeah, financial yeah. incentive, I think, is a really big one. I, I, I do agree with that. I would almost go further and just to say that, like, it should Prison. be... It <laughs> but it should be illegal almost to throw food that is edible in some way, shape, or form. Do you never do it, hon? Oh no, I do. Which okay. is which is really because I think it's also important to be a little bit real about but it. But this is so. I think I think yes, very much so. And I think on you know, if I had a dream, what could the government do? I would say literally just it's you're not allowed to do it, and there is a financial incentive not to um, if it's edible. Yeah. And I also. I think that should include reporting um, and saying what resources they have, you know, whether it's pulp, whether it's aquafaba or chickpeas, whatever yeah. product you're producing, anything, it should be reported on so that there is then a marketplace for people to come in and like take these things and buy them. Um, yeah. But uh, I do waste at home. I don't know if you do, Martin. Yeah. And, and I think it's really important to like say, you know, no business, no person yeah. is perfect. Because it can seem quite daunting. It can, yeah. yeah. And it's really hard to be in the in the in the, in the, the city that we live in. Yeah. Um, and no, and yeah. this is the thing that no, 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 nobody is perfect. But then also that our lives are chaotic. You yeah. know, and this is you know, which I was talking about earlier about the whole Lagom thing is about 
you know, no one can plan their life. Everyone kind of goes, oh, they want to have this perfect like Monday to Friday. These are the nights I'm going to be in. I've got a kid. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know if he's going to be ill. I don't know if like nursery's going to be shut. You know, all of these things. So I could have bought a load of food for a shoot. And then all of a sudden I've got three days at home. But I did this week. Like <laughs> I was meant to be shooting loads of stuff, getting ready for my pop up. And then he was off for two days. So I was like, fantastic. All this food I've bought wasn't going to be used for what it was going to be used. But I knew how to use it. Mm. So it was totally fine. But people fill the fridge and this is going on to the question which we'll probably talk about but people fill their fridges and then they're left with this like burden of using whatever's mm. in their house i get very excited <laughs> when my fridge gets empty and i feel really proud yeah, yeah. it should be a good moment <laughs> yeah. Yeah. although i was very anxious yesterday because i was cooking cauliflower and i put some cauliflower leaves in the food bin and i thought i have to fess that up but i was yes. very anxious that <laughs> you okay. two were going to be like That's why okay. did you throw your cauliflower leaves away we will and, also ask you this question but it's okay yeah <laughs> and, it, and the thing is it's not well sorry i lost my train of thought but it's not, it's not for everyone you know it's not for everyone to sort of you know there's a lot of recipes out there for like carrot top pesto or like you know broccoli stalk this and that and if you this is the thing if you don't like it then it's okay like the, those carrot tops i don't know many people as i said that the sort of the demographic that i'm talking to buy carrots with carrot tops you know mm -hmm. so those kind of like messaging or whatever is really sort of alienating them instantly broccoli stalks you can do you could just gnaw on it love you know a good broccoli, I love <laughs> a broccoli stalk um and i think you know like there'll be a lot of people that will go well compost bins are a cop out which if you're living in this realm of perfection yes but we're not mm -hmm. and i think if this idea of waste of people being fined for waste if they could be separated so like if you composted and you did well that's okay and then if you created waste which was going into a landfill then you're fined i think there would be a massive shift in people's behaviors because they would definitely see the the split of how much waste they're creating that yeah. could have been composted i yeah. get messages all the time about it going like we were going to put this in the bin, then we thought of you. Yeah. <laughs> I've wanted to invent a screaming bin. It's one of my like <laughs> goals in life. I think that's a really good idea because I think it was something about making it really simple for people. Yeah. So yeah. we moved out from one bit of London to kind of almost the same bit of London last year. And where we were before, there was no food bin set up at all. There weren't food bins. The council didn't come and get them from there. So, so it made it really hard to do it. Then we moved somewhere where there was like food bins to go-go. And it just is so much easier yeah. and it's just going to make it easy i always think it's people. funny as well when you go to like an airbnb or something and you go there and you do a shop then you start cooking and you're like where do i where yeah. do i put my stuff yeah. i peeled i peeled my onions and what do i do with yeah. it you know it's this kind of like weird once you've got your setup at home and you're comfortable yeah. and you're in the system it's fine but like yeah as soon as you try and start something new it can feel complicated yeah. but i think this is where it's like baby steps yeah okay let's get into we've been talking for half an hour and now we're going to get to the bit that people actually want to listen to great which <laughs> is about how to uh get better or get some ideas for how to manage your food at home yeah. you mentioned a couple of times at the top of the show about dry store talk to me about that love that it's the backbone absolute backbone it's stuff so the backbone of your kitchen is all stuff that I believe that just doesn't go off. So you've got your spices, your tinned foods, your pulses, spices, your lentils. Core spices, Martin. Core spices. Yeah. I'm a paprika fan. Uh, you've got to have some decent salt, especially smoky salt. I'm going to talk about Cornish sea salt because I absolutely love their smoky salt. Um, then you've got to have your cumins, your, your coriander seeds, uh, a bit of turmeric, the base ones, you know, then you can build all the other ones from there. 
Um, there's all things like lovely oils. Like I don't have any fancy oils and everyone always tells me off for cooking with olive oil consistently, but <laughs> I just like buying one oil. So I always have olive oil and sesame oil. And then it's all your things like lentils, pulses, rices, all of that kind of stuff. Um, because when, when I think about food waste and what people get fearful of is like we were talking about this, having a full fridge. Once you have a fridge full of stuff, yeah, it looks amazing. You feel great. But then halfway through the week, you're like, oh my God, that courgette's got stuck to the back of the fridge because it's frozen. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, how do I use this stuff up? And having a dry store that functions, you can create a meal from that and then just plug in fresh ingredients. You think of a very basic curry. You just have like your spices, a bit of coconut milk, you know, and then you can put your fresh ingredients into it and there you've got a curry, you know, it, and that stuff doesn't go off. And this is the thing I want people to understand is that you can build amazing meals yeah. from stuff in your dry store. Yeah. Do you eat meat or fish? I do, yeah, but very, very, not, I say very rarely, but not, not that much. And how does that fit into your food waste experience? Just buy it when I need it. Okay. Yeah, my, my shopping has got very... Very weird because I film a lot of content, so I do have a lot of stuff in the house, but I know it's going to be used. And we've got a very good internal sort of like <laughs> our flat is like an internal olio. As soon as I finish <laughs> doing something, I'm like, guys, I've got this, and they're like, yes. Yeah. So people that come down, they're like, thank you so much for the food, and nice. like, it's all good. Um, so yeah, I think I think it's that idea of just like you know, people thought it was more well, it is more convenient to do a big shop, but then at the same time, it's also. That idea of just like you're coming home from work, just grab mm. what you need for that dinner that night, yeah. you know, and then you'll create less waste. One of the things that I hear a lot for um, chatting at Borough Market kind of shoppers and people is that people co- who go through kind of on their way, who live locally, who bundle through on their way home from work. Mm. And they, you, know, you don't have to buy a whole bag of onions or whatever. You can just pick up the one that you need. Yeah. And obviously that is a much more efficient way of shopping. Um what are the things, Martin, that you think people are most guilty of wasting that they could so easily not? God, well, potatoes is like the most wasted ingredient. Really? So, yeah, 4.4 million. Really? <laughs> every single day. So the stat is 4.4 million potatoes wasted every single day. In every UK, day? In UK no homes. No way. That's the statistics. That's is that a real one? Have you just made that one up? Nope, that came from rap. <laughs> <laughs> That's a real statistic. Been throwing that one around for a while, yeah. It's madness. But seriously, like, what, what are people doing with their potatoes? Well, this is the thing. Again, I think it comes down to education and I think it comes down to people wanting to eat produce that looks perfect because there's sometimes you get a potato that's sprouted a little bit and they're like, oh, God, it's going to kill me. No, just pop the things off and eat them. You'll be all right. And, you know, if one potato goes a little bit weird and squidgy and a bit smelly, then you look in the bag. I've seen chefs do it. They look in the bag and go, oh, they're all gone. And they throw them away. Whereas it's like, all you do is pick through it, give them a wash and then you'll be all right. You know, so I think it's one of those things that is such a cheap commodity to buy as well that people buy them and then just go, oh, well, I could pop to the shops and get another kilo bag that will yeah. just sit there and waste, you know. It's actually, so yeah, it's interesting just thinking while you were talking about it, that potatoes, milk and bread are like the three biggest, most wasted things in people's homes. And actually, they're the things that you can't buy in the quantities you need. You have to buy a big amount of milk. You have to buy a load, like, a full, like all the slices of bread and you have to buy a bag of potatoes. But actually, maybe that's why yeah. there is so much waste to them because people would buy less and they'd buy it when they need it. Do you think people talk enough about how to store their food so it's not to waste no, it? I don't think so. And it's something I'm learning. I don't know if you feel the same, Martin, but I'm like constantly trying to learn how to better store things. And yeah. I read something, oh, I'll give that a try. But it's it's really like self-learning because I care about it. And imagine people who are like, you know, a, a single working parent like doesn't have time to yeah. sit and research how to store all their produce. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Is that something that you find your audience interested in, Martin? I, well, my TikTok grew from f- f- freezing stuff. <laughs> right, okay. Yeah, cool. So I, as soon as you like unlock the idea of a freezer, it is just like people get so yeah. weirded about it. People are like, oh, God, it's going to degrade over time and it's going to get worse. And it's just like it's not going to health and safety wise, it's not going to get worse. It's just going to the quality of the food is going to degrade. But over years, <laughs> well, six months is the top point where they say, but it's understanding that you can put things in a freezer and how to defrost it just mm. normally. Yeah. Like it's not complicated. You can just put it in the fridge and let it thaw out. That's okay. And there's some cold running water. And things like right. bread, they defrost so quickly. Yeah, straight in the toaster anyway. Yeah. So. And if you don't have a toaster, in the oven works well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, Martin, uh, a few more things that people waste but they needn't or shouldn't. Um, yogurt is another one. Salad leaves actually is the number one. Uh, I just did a thing with Jacobs and they, the crackers, they're doing a big campaign, less waste, more taste. And uh, yeah, they said that salad was there because people open up a bag of salad, they have a handful of their thing, they put it in the fridge and then all of a sudden it just like wilts over two days, goes brown and mushy and then they're done with it, Um, which is kind of inevitable because it's like you only want a little bit of salad with your, like a little side salad, but Again, I'm always just like, buy it for a reason. You know, don't just go to the shop and buy it for the sake of buying it to have in the fridge because you think you're going to have a salad later on in yeah. the week. And I always you know? think like a whole lettuce is going to last better than a bag where it gets all a bit slimy. Yeah, yeah. Is it, is it nitrogen that they pump into the I bags? So, yeah. And then as soon as that comes out, then it just sort of like the freshness just goes... Yeah, and it's gone. Well, yeah. That's another storing thing. I think I've started to try and remember to like take stuff out of those plastic bags. Like if I am buying a bagged salad or bagged herbs or whatever, just take it, like wash it, dry it with a towel, and just put it either on the towel in the fridge. Um, but yeah, take it out of the bag because then it sweats and it yeah. smells really bad really quickly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, let's just do just like three hacks each about food waste at home. Top tips, for people. Chloe, I'm gonna make you go first. <gasps> Okay. Only because then he'll say something and then it's like, you know, it's quite... <laughs> he will say stuff. <laughs> he will say stuff. We're trying to guard against Martin saying stuff. Um, well, you were saying earlier, you know, your dream, if you could create something, it would be like a screaming bin. I would, I want to like reinvent the fridge freezer. I think your fridge should be tiny, your freezer should be huge. It should be like oh, a beautiful like way to, like you can use it, it can be fun to use and store things and date things. I think you, people basically, my first top tip is love your freezer. Like you were saying, you have, there's so much you can freeze. You can freeze milk, you can freeze cheese, you can freeze bread. Like you can freeze all these things. Um, I so love your freezer. Cheese. You freeze cheese. I have done a couple of times. Yeah, if I'm traveling and I've like opened a pack of cheese, I'm like in the freezer. Yeah, grated feta from the freezer. Check it out my TikTok because I <laughs> I got so excited and it was so amazing. It was like fluff. That <laughs> is quite a revelation. That actually sounds That's great. Amazing. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> okay, loving that. Uh, so yeah, so love your freezer. Um, check out Martin's TikTok for lots of tips on what to freeze and how to freeze. <laughs> yeah. um, and I get hesitant about batch cooking but I actually find it saves a lot of time on a Sunday evening or Sunday make a massive batch of something you can freeze half of it and have half of it in your fridge by the way I think dishes last like a week in the fridge no problem none of that three Mm, days a week because uh, thing is as food writers we're just trying not to kill people yeah. and so you do <laughs> you, you err on the side of yeah. caution you know, less just yeah, because yeah. in case someone's been a lunatic and you know, sure. their fridge is quite warm or you well know, yes that. and there are all these variables so don't yeah. quote me don't yeah. sue me please but uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah so then we've got half it in the fridge you can then turn it into a different dish each day or you can eat the same thing every day yeah. which is what I like to do uh, but yeah so so batch cook um, 
And then uh, Too Good To Go did a good campaign around this, but look, smell, taste, mm. don't waste, and use your senses to trust yeah. around the best before dates of your food. That's um, really important. Smell. Yeah. Yeah. Martin, go on. Give it to um, <clears throat> So I, number one thing is education. And I think it's about understand, like as this is the thing, as a chef, as a food writer, as people that are immersed in food, we understand food that when it can, when it will go off, when it looks weird, when we can, you know, take it that little bit further. But as people that don't cook a great deal to see that like tiny bit of mold or that tomato is going to be squidgy, you know, it's to, it's to have the education. I think that's something that we all need to do a bit more mm. of is to like say to people, it's totally fine to do that. Mm. Um, and it's and, partly giving people confidence. Isn't exactly. It? Mm. That's yes. what they that's, that's what they need. And I think, you know, this is, I know I keep harping on about my TikTok, but the comments I get from there are, and meeting people on Saturday, they were just like, you've just given me confidence to just mess about in the yeah. kitchen. Such and that's what we should. That's empowering thing. Yeah. It? Tell us quickly, we're going to come back to your next two hacks. Yeah. Tell us quickly about what it was you were doing on you mentioned it yeah. about Saturday. So, what was Saturday? <clears throat> so, so I did two nights, Friday and Saturday. I did a pop up, called it Mart's House Party. Uh, I just wanted to have a big party to celebrate sort of waste. I mean, we shouldn't, but to raise money for the Felix Project. Um, and then it was sponsored by Discarded Toast and Oddbox. Um, the wonderful people at Iron Bloom, uh, William, gave me the venue for free and everyone donated. Uh, and it was amazing. So it was this idea of just bringing everyone together and not to do like a panel talk and talk about things. It was just like, let's just come together, just talk have a good time. Boring. Yeah, it's really boring. Um, <laughs> so let's just have like, you know, a laugh. And then, you know, by bringing people together, having a bit of fun, then all of a sudden, like the conversation becomes normal. Well, so you could have talk about waste and all this kind of stuff. So yeah. Nice. Are you going to do any more of those, do you think? Uh, yeah, once I've recovered. Okay. <laughs> once you got the old voice back. Yeah. Because it looked brilliant. It sounded brilliant. And like, I, I would absolutely love to go the next time you do something. Absolutely. You're on the list. Um, two more. You, you, you're two down. Um, I, well, I was going to say batch cooking as well, but taking it sort of a little step further, which is something which I did with Oddbox, is like understanding how to create a base recipe that you can then store. Mm. So instead of making a full dish that you would batch cook, it's like make a curry base that you could like have the sauce all ready to go and then that can be implemented to a lot of different ingredients so instead of making like a chickpea and chicken curry or whatever you could go all right i've got a lovely curry base here what have i got that needs using up mm. and then you can just plug things in so that's like a really great way to sort of think if you need to use things up and especially thinking about odd box you will get a lot of ingredients that would be like you've got loads of tomatoes or you've got loads of i don't know potatoes how do you turn them into something that you can then store? Mm. So like I did a sambal, which was for the, the spring rolls at the pop-up. Mm. It was just so many tomatoes. And I was like, what's the easiest thing to do other than soup? <laughs> so I was just like, loads of vinegar, loads of sugar, mm. loads of chili, and just cook it down. And then you've got this beautiful sort of chutney. Um, so thinking of things like that that will store. Um, I would say, actually, this is kind of like a little bit of a, an offshoot, but it's something that I did to sort of like re-immerse myself in with food, is look at cookbooks flick through them and just find a random recipe that you may not even like or enjoy and try cooking it because you'll learn something from it. Will it be flavours? Will it be a technique? Will it be a style of cooking that you had never known? And my idea with food waste is if you can understand how to cook a pepper in 15, 20 different ways, mm. therefore it unlocks all the other ingredients that could pair with it. So you think of a pepper, if you roasted it, you could make a romesco, but you could then also stuff it or you could make like a lovely sauce, like a muhammara or something like that. And it all, all of a sudden unlocks other ingredients. So immerse yourself in food, you know, find recipes that you enjoy or that you don't enjoy, but learn from them. And... I think that's really smart because I do feel that so many of 
us get stuck in culinary ruts mm. and you know, yeah, because everyone's busy and you know it's just easy to do what you do yeah. and just keep on doing it just do it once a month that's what yeah. I, me and my wife did we did it once a month we got, i had so many cookbooks and i was like i look at them as for pictures because i'm just like <laughs> oh this is pretty yeah. but i was like let's pick pick one you start making like goyozas and you understand that making a goyoza wrapper is like the easiest thing yeah. But it looks like a pasty, but that's all right. Talk about like, a vehicle for lots of different dishes. Yeah, yeah. flatbreads, naan breads, all those yeah, things yeah. are so easy to make. Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, wow, I can do this. And you're like, oh, I can put this on it and that on it. Yeah. And then you start riffing. So, yeah. Some absolutely brilliant stuff there. Thank <laughs> you so much, guys. Lovely to see you, Chloe Stewart, Nibs, etc. down at the market and Whole Foods, as you say. Gorgeous granolas. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Martin O'Dell, Le Grand Chef. Thank Everyone you. should check you out on TikTok, although I think they probably already are. But <laughs> on the off chance somebody isn't. Yes. Yeah. That's where they should get you. Come and find me. Um, really, really great talking to you both. I feel like we sort of got into like the breadth of the conversation, but also like people's kitchen nitty gritty. So huge thanks for that. Thank you for having um, me. And thank, thank you all you for so listening to Borough Talks.